This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. I hope you're doing good. I hope you are well today as always. It's... Uh, I really wish we won that game. <laughs> it, makes, it makes my week so much easier when Arsenal win. There's less analysis going on into why we lost. It's... You're just generally feeling a lot better about life uh, when Arsenal, and especially when, uh, as I'm sure a lot of you as well, a lot of your life revolves around these games, which mine certainly does. It's really, it's really, really annoying (laughs) is the word, but we're going to push through and push through onto the rest of the news. And of course, say good morning to everybody in the chat as well, as we always do. Good morning to Mike Collin, Matt Rathaveris, Carl, Pedro, Paul, Aussie, Mo, Paul, George, Tom, Chris P, uh, Zuko, Guna72, Dana, uh, Jamie, Olu, Philip. Uh, we've got Jamil in here as well. We've got plenty of you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and continuing to make this part of your morning, daily, evening, midday, wherever you are in the world routine uh, and continuing to watch the show. Uh, no new mic. Uh, I'm just putting it into a different position. I was uh, doing a stream of Harry Simi yesterday. By the way, go and watch that with uh, on the Chronicles of Aguna. It was like mid afternoon yesterday, and he said to uh, I, I used to, I had my mic like placed on the table, um, and apparently that was making the sound worse. So do let me know if this is actually making the sound better. Um, if the audio sounds crisper and cleaner, then I will continue to have the mic in this position. All I did was change the position of the mic. So hopefully you guys can think that this this might be a little bit better than it was previously. Um, we're going to crack on with the news, though, whilst you are providing that feedback into the chat box. And we start off, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. Please go and do that at your earliest convenience. Uh, we are doing a show, as always, at 9.30 a.m. Let's just move this slightly. There we go. At uh, 9.30 a.m. So make sure you tune in for uh, the, the Arsenal Agenda show, as we always have. Uh, we move, though, to our main story of the day, which is a lot of words from Patrick Vieira. Now, this is something that I wanted to, to, to discuss, basically, with you guys. 
Vieira broke down one of the key things about Arsenal right now that I am in particular a little bit tired and fed up of, of not seeing a reaction to. Vieira said, on the left side, we had Tierney, who was giving the width and he was giving us lots of problems. So we went with a back five and had four midfielders really tight. At the end, outside of Tierney's chance, they did not create much. And this is absolutely spot on from Vieira. And I am getting so fed up of opposition sides being able to easily defend against us and we do nothing to change and react to the opposition. We've seen it against Brighton. We've seen it against Chelsea. We've seen it time and time again where teams stop us playing in the wide areas by either playing a back three or playing the, the wide players really, really close to our fullbacks to stop them from pushing up or stop them from getting the balls into the box. And do you know what? If we changed to our own back three and matched it up to give ourselves more support in the wide areas, we would be able to combat it. And it's so frustrating that we can't match oppositions. We can't just break away from this back four system because Arteta's really very much seemingly married to using this back four system. And it's it's frustrating that we cannot change and we cannot be a bit more fluid. And it's a strange one because we used to be a lot more fluid under Mikel Arteta. So while we're not seeing this improvement, I, I'm really struggling to try and work out why we're not seeing it anywhere near as much. But I hope that we will see some changes. I'm always hopeful that we'll see a difference. But Vieira's words there really striking home in regards to uh, the reality of Arsenal's situation and how we're not actually reacting the way that we should react to some of these. Now, Sammy Lukonga also spoke out yesterday about his... Uh, his mistake. He says, I want to play the next game as quick as possible. When you play a game like this, you are hungry inside because I made a mistake. I want to play the next game as quick as possible to change everything. It is difficult because we have to analyze them. I think they and the goals are from two mistakes. One of them was mine as well. It is an area where I cannot lose the ball. So it is difficult to speak about the goals when I made a mistake. Now, this is a young player taking very much the biggest of ownership for his error which obviously cost Arsenal the goal against Palace, the second goal, a really crucial goal in the game that completely changed things and in the context of the match. And that's good to see a 21-year-old taking responsibility for his actions. I've talked in the past about Arsenal's players, Arsenal's team, Arsenal's coach at times lacking accountability. He here takes accountability for that result. He knows that he needs to move on. And uh, I think it's great that he's done that. So hopefully... And I don't want to see him necessarily dropped because I think the 4-2-3-1 is still the best formation for us moving forwards. I think we need to give Lukonga more time, give him more opportunities to play, give him an opportunity to, to uh, make it up, basically, and to avenge those issues that he's it, he's found himself making. And fingers crossed we, we can do that. But it is going to be tricky. It's not going to be easy for him to do so. But fingers crossed... Um, we can see Lukonga come back in the next game and really turn things around for us moving forwards. Uh, we move on then to talking about some transfers. Latara Martinez, we know, was linked heavily to Arsenal in the summer. In fact, Arsenal supposedly even inquired about the availability of the striker. It was never a deal that was any kind of advanced stage, but all we did was inquire about the player at the time. We never made a bid. We never opened talks with his representatives. Um, it was purely an inquiry about him, but he is set to sign a new deal with Inter Milan. So you can probably strike Martinez of your list of possible strikers 
this summer. And speaking of probably uh, saying goodbye to some targets, uh, we've also got Alexander Izak, the Swedish international striker. Barcelona, I've now come in for the player and will be looking for a long-term partner and eventual replacement for Memphis Depay. They, we know that they've got a number of, of older strikers like Sergio Aguero and, and De Jong up top. Um, but they're looking for a long-term option in the striking position. They're building a very young side. They've got Ansu Fati and Gavi and Pedri, uh, and they seemingly want to add Alexander Rizak to that list. He signed a new deal in the summer, which increased his release clause from 60 million euros up to 90 million euros. But he looks like if he's going to go anywhere, it will probably be to continue on in La Liga and maybe with Barcelona. Now, the last story that I want to talk about is the reaction to Alexander Lacazette's equaliser, the reaction of people in the stadium, the reaction of pundits online, the reactions of people on social media. And this is where I want to get you guys involved with this as well. Let me give you my perspective on the celebrations for Lacazette's uh, goal. I think that there is a real, real issue with commentators, pundits, even certain forms of media that are trying to play down the celebrations of Lacazette's goal. There is no one that is in any position to tell you as a fan whether you can or cannot celebrate a goal in the final moments of a game in which we look like we'd lost. We're now on a five-game unbeaten run of which I've highlighted the issues individually with. But in the context of celebrating a goal that your team has scored in the final moments of a game against Crystal Palace or a side that we have notorious issues against, if anyone wants to come out and really slander Arsenal supporters for celebrating a goal, I'm sorry, but you need to get real. You need to accept that this is a sport that we love and a goal in the game of football is something that we all enjoy to celebrate, especially when it changes the context and the perplexion of that result, which that goal did. You're at, the, you're at a moment in the final moments of the game where you think you're going to lose at home and it's going to be a really devastating result. The fact that I've seen so many commentators and pundits and, and rival rival fans, I get a bit more. They want to rub it in. They want to, you know, they want to take the mick out of Arsenal fans. I get that. But just different pundits saying that it was embarrassing that Arsenal fans uh, were, were celebrating this goal. But honestly, I think they should be a bit ashamed of themselves because they're working in the sport. They should understand the fact that we love this game and that when we score a goal, it is the antithesis of what you go to watch football for, to see your team score, to see great moments, to see last-ditch efforts. And that was. There was no time left to get a second. The time that we scored was in the final seconds of the game. The players understood that. We understood we were getting nothing else in that game. It really, really genuinely was disappointing. A big shout out to Jamie Carragher and Chris P actually highlights this in the chat box, who actually talks about the fact that this could be big for Arsenal, that not losing that game and staying unbeaten could be a really big boost for Arsenal moving forwards. That's the mindset. And Jamie Carragher at times, yes, I don't agree with everything he says, but you have to say that Jamie Carragher actually has his head screwed on a lot of the time. He says some really fair comments. He looks at things in a certain way that I think other pundits choose not to just to try and get the attention. And he does it really, really well. His analysis is good too. 
<laughs> the amount of times I've agreed with him over Thierry Henry in analysis is slightly embarrassing from an Arsenal fan perspective. But he genuinely does come up with some really good points and fair play to him for saying it how it is, that it could be a big thing for Arsenal moving forward of keeping that unbeaten run going. If there is any platform to build on from, which I'm very sceptical of that there is, but if there is a platform for us to build from, making sure we didn't lose that game was really, really important. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, let's go through. Social says, Laka also tried to hype the crowd. Personally, I've always seen Laka's care about the game. He always tries. Tim says, people are so keen on hating on Arsenal that they can find faults within celebrating a goal. Unbelievable. Uh, let's go to Rich, who says, if that was Oli and United and Ronaldo, they would have been going nuts. What was the... Um, what was the game in the Champions League the other day? Uh, did Ronaldo score a goal in the, like, the last minute against Villarreal? Man United have been really poor, I think it was. And that goal, and everyone went on about it like it was mad and like it was the best thing ever. And it is, if you're a fan. But when you apply the context of that in comparison to this, it's honestly, it's just so frustrating. Everyone hates us, says Guna72. Just get used to it. I am used to it, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to criticise it. Uh, Paul says, Arsenal's weakness. Uh, Arsenal's weakness is the manager. How do you sit back 10 minutes into a home game after going 1-0 up? I don't know, Paul. <laughs> I have no explanation for it. It's a different conversation. We, we talked a lot about that yesterday. Uh, Ozzy Guna says, as fans, we are entitled to celebrate every goal for our team that they score. Daniel says, people can celebrate however they want. Me, personally, I would never celebrate a draw. But if someone wants to, fair enough. Celebrate this, this idea of celebrating a draw, I think it depends on the context, really. It's, it's important to look at... If you're between your mates and you're taking your mick out of your friends who are like fans of Spurs or United or Chelsea or whatever, and they're celebrating a, a draw, I kind of get that. But actually, when you want to take the, take a step back from an analytical standpoint and from a punditry standpoint where you've got to try and analyse sensibly to make sense of why things have happened in a game of football, to criticise a side or fans for celebrating a goal in the last minute against a rival in London, I... I <laughs> I just think I just laugh, to be honest. I just laugh at the ineptitude. Uh, Ed says, it was my first time at the Emirates in two years. I don't care that they played a dull game. I screamed my head off. Fair play to you, Ed. Uh, Christopher says, we thought we were dead and buried and we salvaged the point, so I will celebrate. Colin says, yet again, pundits showing the contempt for Arsenal. I can't disagree at times. There genuinely does feel to be a very negative uh, more so a negative view of Arsenal. I do sometimes feel that we are very much more in tune with Arsenal than any other club. So psychologically, you think that there's a greater kind of uh, against factor with Arsenal, but it, it's hard not to see it sometimes. Uh, Ralph Ferry says, hey, Tom, are you excited about Arsene Wenger's documentary coming out? I'm absolutely buzzing, mate. Oh, we did cover it on one of the news shows in the mornings, but yeah, I'm buzzing to see it and I can't wait. So hopefully go see it in the cinema. I'm going to find out if we can get it to see it as early as possible. And then maybe we'll do a show doing a review of, of the documentary as well. Um, we are now going to move on to the final part of the show, which is, of course, the opportunity for you guys to answer some questions. So if you do indeed have anything that you would like to ask, then please do. We will go through as many of your questions, queries, thoughts, and theories 
and uh, and go through as many of those as possible. Uh, Philip says, have you noticed that every time KT makes a run from left back, the pass comes to feet or plays him uh, or behind him, making him stop and run the slow play? This, Philip, is such an important point because it highlights the absence of Granite Xhaka and a left-footed midfielder. When you've got a right-footed, left-sided midfielder, the right-footed pass out to the left-hand side can often go to his feet or it can often go behind him because you've got an in-swinging pass just naturally from playing kind of that right-footed pass. If you've got a left-footed pass, you play an out-swinging pass ahead of the left-back and it allows them to run onto it. That's something that needs to change. I'm not saying that it's reliant upon having a left-footer, but even the right-footer needs to make sure that their pass is angled and is weighted to a degree that a professional footballer should be able to do so that Tierney can run onto it. And that's one of the big things that we've missed from Granite Xhaka is just having someone who can confidently pass out to the left flank and enable Kieran Tierney. We have really, really lacked that. Jonathan says, Tom, I know you're not the big fan of seeing Alba on the left with Lacazette at nine. Has that opinion perhaps changed? It's not changed. I'm still not a fan of it, but I'm certainly open to the idea of trying something different while things are not working. Anything that's different to what we're currently doing I'm open to to try and find something that does work. Maya says, I just love the reaction of Wrighty about Arsene Wenger. Who? Yeah, in the in the trailer, it's brilliant. You have to go and watch it if you haven't already seen the trailer. Uh, Paul says, if you've not been playing and your goal uh, prevents a loss to celebrate, uh, it makes absolute sense. I was at the game and watched it on TV later. It looked worse on TV. We were so poor, we couldn't even... Uh, we couldn't even lose. It's <laughs> a nice way of looking at it. Absolutely. Guna72 says, only 29 likes. Get your fingers out, people. Come on, smash that like button if you haven't already. It only costs you a second to do so. And you do tune in every single morning. I know so many of you make this morning routine. Make it your morning routine to tune in. And as soon as you click on the video, click that like button. Please make sure you do that. James Rose says, is it worth making one attempt to keep Lacazette? Two shots, one forced to save, and one went in great efficiency. I don't see the strikers we are being linked with having much better stats. The only reason, James, why I am not on board with keeping Lacazette is because I think the area of the pitch at striker is the area that we do need some great renovation in. We need to bring in some fresh blood. We need to bring in some younger players, in my view, in the mid-20s range to give us more of a younger but established feel to the side, your Yusuf Enesri's type of players. Lacazette, if it was, if you were telling me that Lacazette signed a one-year extension and we were moving on a Bamiyang, we were bringing in Yusuf, Yusuf Enesri, I'd be fine with that. Because I think going into their early 30s, you're better off keeping Lacazette than you are a Bamiyang. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, Magambo says, why are fans compare Arteta to Klopp? Uh, Klopp man's managed for years and had won a title in Germany. I don't know. I think they were just kind of looking at the whole aspects of, look, um, he was there for a number of years before it clicked and before they got it right. But this is kind of the season where he did get it right. And so far, I don't see that from Arsenal. So maybe that's it. Kofi says, that's the same thing. Pepe thrives on passes he can run onto. I've seen yet to see that at Arsenal. I disagree. I have seen passes played through to him with a right-footed pass on the right-hand side. But he's, his first touch is just pretty poor at the moment. And he's, his influence on the games is, 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 is really not what you want it to be. People talked about a lot saying he was heavily involved in the two goals. And that's a fact. He was. He was heavily involved in the two goals. His, his shot led to the first one. His cross led to the second one. But in isolation, they were the two instances where he just had a pot shot with his left foot and where he just swung the ball uh, into the box on the left-hand side in the final moments like any player would have done. 
And let's be real, we were lucky that cross got into the box because some of the crosses that he was playing, especially from a dead ball situation of his corners, were very poor that game. So I don't think the argument of saying his two goal involvements, of which neither were direct, he doesn't get an assist for either of those, um, were a reason to praise him for his display. You've got to be more cutthroat with your analysis at times. And Pepe was very, very poor during the match. It was just those two moments that obviously led to those goals happening. And I think that to, to write off the bad performance based upon those two hits of the ball, it, it doesn't justify it for me. It just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Um, Mayor, I've absolutely no idea if Lang's better than Pepe. I don't watch enough of Lang to ever say to you that, that he's better because I don't watch enough of him. Uh, Vuk says, can we land uh, Christopher Nkunku? What are your thoughts? He's a really good player. If we were linked to him and we got him in, I'd be very happy with that. Very, very good player indeed. Uh, African Theory TV says, what do you think of an all-purpose midfielder and Mateus Nunez from Sporting? He basically is a lot of Marcus Lorente type. I think that we need to go with someone that plays more disciplined. I think we need someone that's going to play alongside Partey and give Partey more of a license to push forward, give us more positional discipline, give us someone that's left-footed or really good on their left foot as well to play those passes to the left flank. I like a Fabian Ruiz. I think someone like him would be a really good partner. He's not as disciplined as, say, some of the other options, but I think he would certainly be my perfect type to go alongside Partey. Um, but I think we need someone that's going to be a little bit more maybe disciplined if you're going to go in that style of midfielder. Um, Good at 72 says, we just have to give Vieira and Palace credit for nullifying our style of play. It doesn't take long, to be honest. Look, I give them credit, but we need to be more to tackle that. We need to do more to react to it. We can't go into every game like we did against Brighton and now Palace and say, you know what? Credit to Brighton and Palace. They shut us down. Because eventually you've got to start looking at yourself and going, okay, we're crediting the opponent, but why are we not looking at the manager and looking at the team and going, why are we not breaking this down? Why are we not reacting to it? Why are we not finding a way to unlock these defences that are playing really well to nullify our threat? Why are we not going to a plan B? Why are we so one-dimensional? You've got to start asking these questions. You can credit the opposition, absolutely, but you've got to look within and criticise the reasons as to why we didn't change, why we didn't react, why we didn't do all those things that I just mentioned. Uh, Rich says, Tom, I just don't rate Isaac. He's fast and he has some skills, but was but so was Walcott. We need a proper finisher or someone with physicality, in my opinion. I rate Isaac as a player. I just think that he's the wrong age profile of striker that we need. And I think he would be quite a big risk, especially, especially for the figures that are being associated. And he would cost upwards of £60 million. I have no doubt about that. So I just would not go for him. Peter, thoughts on the Saka incident? Um, I, would, I think it's an orange I think it's it's one of those where you go, yeah, I can see why people think it's a red. I can see why people don't think it's a red. I'm very much in the middle. At the end of the day, he wasn't sent off through the benefit of both the referee and through looking through VAR as well. I, I At the end of the day, it, it is what it is. I don't want to be having to take a red card to try and beat Palace at home. Um, and I don't want to use that as an excuse either. So... It is what it was. It's an orange card, Mayor. I said this the other day. It's, it's For me, it's an orange card. It's really, I can see both arguments, to be fair. So it is what it is. Uh, Magambo says, Tom, who can we get as a CDM? Because I think we need a pure CDM who can just stay back and break up the plays that we have missed this type of player for years. If you want someone like that, there are players out there. You look at the likes of Basuma, who's more disciplined than Aparte, Bruno Gimaraish, etc., I want to see players that are playing alongside Parter that can give him more freedom. 
Um, but they also need to have their own influence on the games. I don't want just someone that's going to sit in and, and that's it. I do want them to be expressive. I do want them to be involved in the passing and the build-up. So that's what I want. Um, uh, at uh, says, no way that Barca can afford Isaac. Uh, if there's one thing that you know about Barcelona, it's never, ever write them off from doing something silly or financially crazy in a window. You might think they can't afford him, you just watch next summer and see what happens because Barcelona end up doing things that you never think they're going to do and then they go and do it. So we'll see. Venkatesh says, question, didn't Arteta... Arteta didn't give enough chances previous seasons and we accepted that Saka is a better right wing and why is he pushing Saka when we all see that he's not productive? He needs to be on the right, Venkatesh. That's absolute fact to me. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why Saka's not playing on the right-hand side over Pepe while we aren't using someone else on the left. I know that maybe it had something to do with with maybe injuries and Martinelli not being fit and wanting to play 4-3-3, but just stop playing Saka on the left. Either pick between Pepe and Saka, and for me, you pick Saka all day long. So I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, let's go to Game Boy says, what's Arteta's style of play? His style of play is to use the wide areas, to defend deep, and to ping the ball into the box as much as possible. That's all I can think of as his style. It's it's not even a style, is it? It's, it's route one football at times. It's really, it's, it's boring. It's not exciting. It's not fluid. It's not reactive. It's just really stale. Um, and that's not style at all. And that's why I always say I can't see a style because what I am seeing, if it is a style, is not a very nice one to watch, is what I would say. Uh, it says, Saar over Pepe, what's your thoughts? I mean, if we went and got um, Ismaili Saar, I would go, well, you've just signed another right winger when we've got Saka playing there. Why are we signing another right winger? We've got Saka. Bring someone who can play on the left. That's why I think Noah Lang is being linked because he can play heavily on the left-hand side. So I understand that one. I wouldn't go for another right wing at the moment. Uh, Masele says, the referee has a problem with Arsenal. We can't keep using the referee as an excuse. Like, we need to be make it, taking the referee out of the game. It's as simple as that for me. Um, Kofi, Pepe had a few good games on the left. That doesn't mean we can categorically say he's a good left winger. He had a few games there that he played quite well. And other games that we forget because we don't, they're not memorable because he didn't do anything. He also played there too. So I'm not saying that we should shift Pepe to the left, but if it's a choice between Pepe on the right and Pepe on the left. I'd play Pepe on the left and then Saka right if that's the only option that you've given me. But I wouldn't play Pepe on the right over Saka at all. Uh, Dana says, Tom, do you think that this, do you, do you think you see something from this team that tells you that this will finally gel together? Uh, it's great to see you in the chat box. Thanks, mate. Um, I think that we have, and I wrote a thread on Twitter yesterday that I think we have the fifth best squad in the league. I had a few people respond to me saying about um, the, the teams that they think have got a better uh, I've got a better squad. Those highlighted were Villa, West Ham, Everton. I'm sorry, but Villa, West Ham and Everton on paper do not have a better squad than Arsenal. You look at the players in Arsenal's squad and you compare it. I'm not saying that Villa, West Ham and Everton have bad teams. They don't. They have good squads. But Arsenal's squad is better on paper and we should be getting more than we are currently getting from our squad. It's got more depth in it. We've made £150 million worth of investment this summer on top of £70 million last summer, on top of already the investment we've made in the players that are already there. We should have the we should be shooing for a fifth place finish, but we're not right now because the coach isn't getting the best from the squads. And that is our is the crux of our issues, unfortunately. That's the crux of the problem 
that we have. Until we get more from this team, we aren't going to achieve what this team is capable of. And that's always going to be the biggest problem for me. We're going to wrap things up there, people. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. If you could drop a like if you haven't done so already on the video. There's 278 of you watching. Make sure before you leave, you click that thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. It's been an absolute pleasure. We join you every morning at 8 a.m. to go through all the latest Arsenal news and then talk to you guys with your questions in the chat box. As always, um, there'll be another show tomorrow morning. I might be doing a podcast this evening. I still need to get the logistics of that sorted with some guests. So make sure if you aren't, uh, you're ready to tune in for the show as always with those notifications turned on. But it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as it always is. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.